Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Today I talked with Pat Logue, who is the stage manager. Thank you so much for listening. Hello guys and welcome back to the second, first episode of the second season of Tech Talk with Ethan. Thank you so much, Pat, for joining me today. Delighted to be here. Could you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do? Um, I am a stage manager. Uh, I am a, union, a member of Actors' Equity, which is the union of professional actors and stage managers, and hopefully we'll be changing that name so that it includes stage managers in it. Um, <laughs> um, and I've also done uh, a lot of stage managing for not just theater, but also opera, dance, events, conventions, uh, concerts, benefits, things like that. Um, it's, it's a terrific job, and I hope that a lot of people out there who are listening who never even knew this job existed might consider thinking about it. That's great. And I, I wonder why that, that name doesn't have stage managers in it, you said, right? Well, it, it has to do with uh, the fact that stage managers used to always be the actors as well. And there mm-hmm. was a court case in, um, I believe it was like 1915. I should know this, and I don't. Um, but about a year, about two years into the formation of Actors' Equity, there was a case where someone who was both actor and stage manager, um, the, something had happened with the show where the actors were being paid off and sent home, but the stage manager was not. And it was pointed out that he was a member of the union and that he was working as both an actor he was working as a stage manager and an actor and that mm-hmm. was when stage managers were formally introduced into uh the union interesting so, that's a whole another side of, of it's it, a right? whole other side but Definitely. yeah i mean it's um we are uh we are on the same team as the actors we are there to protect the actors protect the show make sure everything goes well um, solve problems as they come up, um, make sure that the things that are supposed to happen happen, make thing, make sure that corrections take taken care of, fixes happen, solve problems in the minute as they are occurring sometimes. Yeah. Um, and solve things ahead of time and just kind of generally freeing up directors, designers, performers to do their jobs the best they can. Sounds like a great job. Sounds very fun. <laughs> and sometimes, right? Sometimes. It, it can be a wonderful job with, uh, you know, I've been able to travel the country and be, you know, work in Europe in a couple of places, things like that. It's And get to work with some big names and some up and coming people who you know are going to be big names someday. Um, you know, every every experience is a little different, but it can be quite a ride. And if you like, if you like being in the moment at all times, and if you like to use your brain as well as your artistic skills, it's a great career. That's great. Could you dive into a little bit how you got into that union? Uh, well, I, (laughs) how I got into the union, I was working, uh, I was, uh, an actor at first and, uh, I was doing some stage management. I had done it in high school because that's what you did. You rotated through everything. This was, you know, just the sort of thing you did, um, Mm -hmm. when you 
got to a certain point, you had to let other people take their turn. So I stage managed a couple things there, but it wasn't quite the same. Um, back, back in those days, there were no <laughs> college courses in stage managing. And in fact, there were very few women in stage management at that time. It was not something that was considered a woman's job. Although you might want to interview this incredible woman who's doing this the research on the history of stage management, who uh, the original stage managers were women. And that would, that's kind of cool, too. Back in the early 19, late 1800s, when theaters were in a whole different capacity. But yeah. um, I was I was in a position where I was given an opportunity to assist a brilliant, brilliant stage manager who brought me along on a couple of her shows. And then I started getting jobs on my own and I've been primarily stage managing ever since. That's, that's great. And that, so you said um, the, his, the history of stage, ma- history of stage management, right? The researcher. Yeah. She's, she's amazing. I'll, I'll send you that her information so that you can interview at some point because she's fascinating and the history of stage managers is fascinating. That would be great. I would love to dive more into that. That'd be awesome. So, so last, so 2020, let's, the, the, <laughs> the year of, I mean, I don't even know what to call it The dumpster anymore. fire that it was. Yes, the dumpster fire that was, was, was dedicated as the year of the stage manager. Could you ex- explain the significance of of how that was important to you? Well, the brilliant Amanda Spooner, who you had on your show last year, um, Mm -hmm. was talking to a brilliant sound designer. um, And they were talking about the fact that a lot of people don't even know that stage managers exist. A lot of uh, our fellow union members don't know we're part of the same union. And most people just don't have any idea of what we do. So yeah. she was talking about finding ways to spotlight and um, really kind of inform a lot more people about everything and created the year of the stage manager 2020. And of course, because it was the year of the stage manager, there were lots of things to fix. Yes, so, um, exactly. And it, it was actually the anniversary, the anniversary of that uh, particular incident where stage managers officially became members of Actors' Equity. Um, Mm -hmm. And because everything was sort of put on hold in the sense that theaters were closed everywhere, um, it was extended to June. So it's now Year of the Stage Manager 2020 slash 21. And it is an opportunity for stage, it's through June, and it's an opportunity for stage managers to be featured and recognized and our work uh, noticed and protected because there are things about stage management uh, that need to be addressed and fixed so that stage managers can do their jobs without feeling unsafe, without needing to work while we're sick or injured, without um, you know the kinds of problems that crop up because folks don't know what we do yeah exactly for sure yeah that that's that's really interesting how how just you know there's so much there's so much history that goes behind stage management that i i personally have not did not know of and i'm gonna see a lot of other people have not either well you know some now because you sat next to me yes. for that whole show <laughs> 
<laughs> indeed, indeed, I did. Um, I actually worked with Pat uh, on a on a show a while back. Um, we had a great time. Oh, great great time in some places. We don't have to go into detail, but uh, we had yes. the fortune of working with with brilliant performers and yes. an amazing director slash playwright and her uh, music uh, and her composer and music director and and. There was a lot that was really wonderful about that experience. Like I got to meet. I Ethan. agree. Yes, and I got to meet Pat, which is which is uh, which is great. Um, yeah. So go, going into going to like issues of or things that could happen in technical theater, of course. <laughs> you know, stage managers. Oh, you know, of course, are the ones who you know sort of relay the information, or you know, are there to help that be resolved. Could you explain more about? some of those situations? Oh, um, I have to be tactful. Um, well, of course, you know, we do things like the scheduling and the prompt books and the blocking and coordinate with the director and the set designer and the lighting designer and the sound designer and, and in theory, I'll, and call cues so that things that are supposed to come at specific times are able to come at specific times. Um, our show had a couple of um, interesting challenges. In um, uh, trying to find a way to do this tactfully, um, there were some challenges with the space itself, where the booth was behind the stage and up above, and there was actually no sightline to the stage whatsoever. Um, I remember that. That was quite. There was a monitor which which cut off pieces of stage right and stage left, and had no visuals at all in the house. So any entrance from there, I needed black and white. Mind oh, you. It's, Black and white monitor, um, yeah. which is less of an issue, but also no IR camera, um, and it it meant uh, asking for things like sound to be to give us a cue for when people were there at <laughs> one their places. Yeah. Um, there was no communication with backstage uh, via anything other than um, text message. Which of course makes a sound. So yes, there you go. Vibrate, um, vibrate. And you know, I, I I'm lucky enough to have been around long enough to know some wonderful people with skill sets. So um, when we had some uh, lightboard issues, I'll call it lightboard issues. <laughs> I was able to call someone up and you know have someone who knew this was an older board that is not pretty much not being taught in the universities anymore and that yeah. only exists in the small theaters. Um, yes. Similarly, there were some sound things where I was able to call a brilliant young sound tech, uh, sound designer, sound tech that I had worked with recently who didn't live that far from, me, from the theater, who was able to come in and help Ethan learn a whole bunch of QLab stuff. Um, and yes. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, so agent experience sometimes has its value. Um, For sure. And, and then it's just the matter of, uh, you know, as stage managers uh, being very patient, not letting emotion take over and helping other people not letting emotions take over as much as possible. And, you know, making sure this, the actors were safe, making sure the show ran, the show yeah. got up. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> and you know, it, it was it was a learning it's it was a learning experience, but every show is. 
every show is a exactly. learning experience. You know, no matter how much you you know or don't know, no matter how much you know, I did a brilliant production of Lady Day first mm-hmm. at International City Theater and then at the Nate Holden here in LA, and it's the same show every night, but because of the brilliance of the performers and the the beautiful light design work and the sound design work and so forth, um, mm-hmm. every night there was something new to experience, there was something new to notice. And that's the magic of theater is it's never yeah. exactly the same from night to night. Exactly. And um, I mean, you know, that, that has its ups and downs, right? Because, you know, you got something <laughs> going you know, completely right, you know, and then the next night it's like, oh, this is supposed to happen here, right? And it didn't happen. You know, like, it's a joy. Well, of course, in the one we did, it took until clo- until almost closing for the house tech to find out that the sound issues we were having tied to the fact that the the amps were mislabeled. And yeah, since he hadn't been was... able to come up and check them, we were like, but really, this is not, this is not, what you're telling me to do isn't working and I'm not in the house. I'm up at the back of the house upstairs on a, rec- I can't hear what the true sound yes. is. So yeah. could you please come look at this? It's like, oh, that's what it is. This is not actually the down left amp. This is the upright yes. amp. And this one isn't working at all. And yeah, you know, that, that so was a just... really interesting show. That was on that, like, <laughs> I mean, I'd never been to theater like that had four different for each corner of the room. I'd never like been to theater like that before. Well, I had six amps. There were two on stage yeah. and four in the house. And it's a little tiny theater, so. Yeah. But um, I was grateful that the house TD finally was able to believe uh, one of the actors was a sound, uh, very knowledgeable sound person. And I was able to, uh, he was able to help us solve what I was hearing that was different from what he was hearing on stage as an actor. And then we were able to translate that to the TD at the house and we were able to solve the problem. But it was kind of hysterically funny. Like, yeah. oh, see, I wasn't, I wasn't hallucinating. This yep. really isn't coming from that speaker. <laughs> yeah, that was, I mean, you know, the joys of theater, right? The joys of live theater, let's say. Absolutely. Well, but things always happen. And then as a stage yeah, manager, exactly. your job is to figure out, you know, do you stop? Do you move forward? How do you solve it? When do you solve it? I mean... I've done big benefits with major stars where you're trying to solve things, uh, you know, in the moment, live on stage without stopping the show because you wow. don't want the audience to know that so-and-so, this famous person is, you know, on stage three songs ahead of time instead of, and roaring yeah. drunk. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, never a dull moment. You, know, you gotta do what you gotta do. Exactly. Oh, exactly. What have what what shows have you done? What what big shows have you done with big stars? Oh well, a lot of those were benefits. Um, okay, I've yeah. done benefits for the Alzheimer's Association. I've done benefits for um, uh, diversity awards. Um, quite a, well, quite a few benefits, and those often have the big stars who come in to sing one song or to read one announcement before giving a gift or recognition to someone. Mm -hmm. And, you know, those are always interesting because you have to tread carefully. You have to, you know, understand that they're protecting themselves. They're shielding. They don't know you. 
They may yeah. trust you. If, if they're a theater person, they know the stage manager is the person they can trust, but they don't know you personally. So there's a, an immediate trust that has to be established and a way to communicate on a private line where they know you're going to toss that private number out the minute mm -hmm. they're off stage. Um, yep. But, you know, there is some interesting. And I've done shows with people who had stalkers. I've done shows with, you know, brilliant actors who had stalkers. I've had done shows with people who've been on Broadway and people who've toured the world. And, wow, you know, some of them are just so lovely to, you know, they're lovely. Some of them are wonderful talents and some of them, their egos are larger than their press. Um, yes, I get you. So you just do what you got to do. But in the bottom line is, is doing your best to make everybody feel safe and everybody feel comfortable and, like I said, you know, I've always said that the job of a stage manager is to make sure that everybody feels comfortable doing their best at doing their job. And there, there are certain things I can't take care of, but for anything mm -hmm. that I can, you know, when our soundboard went down in the middle of a show, yeah. figuring out, uh, and that wasn't our show, that was a whole other show, you know, calming a panicking soundboard up while... Um, calling light cues, directing my assistant stage manager backstage, how to invent certain sound cues and how to make them happen in a way the audience would hear them, making sure the uh -huh. actors knew what was going on. I mean, it sounds like a catastrophe, but it, it was hell. Yeah. It was like, you, know, you get your adrenaline going and you're so, it's like, yeah, yeah, I had this and that. Okay, now you do this. It, it's, it's why stage management is always a creative job because you never know. You prepare for everything. Yep. And yeah, then exactly. whatever's going to happen is going to be something you didn't think of. Definitely. Yeah, that the <laughs> uh, a soundboard going out during the middle of the show, that seems pretty intense. It's happened more than once. I, you know, every stage manager I know has has tales of lightboards going out and soundboards going out. Yeah. And what do you do? You know, I, we had a I was up in Sacramento and there was a huge power outage all over the city and we were uh -huh. mid-show. And what do you do? Oh, wow. Well, this was before cell phones. And so the crew comes on with their big monster flashlights. And, <laughs> yeah. and uh, you know, we had a talk with the cast and a couple of the cast members did cabaret shows. So what they did was we asked them to go ahead and, you know, get the audience singing along or do a song themselves, mm -hmm. keep everybody calm. And while well, we found out what was going on and then we found out that the electricity wouldn't be returning for till the next day. So, um <laughs> You know, the theater gave them all tickets to another show. But in the meantime, those yeah. people had a ball singing along with the cast, talking to them. Uh, like I said, a few people had cabaret shows that they were doing. So they mm -hmm. did a couple of their featured numbers. But that's, you know, the stage manager going in and keeping everybody calm and finding options in a hurry. Because you can't spend a half an hour doing that. You've got panicking people in the audience. Yep. You know, if it's dark. Yeah. Exactly. So, for sure, just do what you gotta. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, like, it's like, like, have you do you train to like manage stress? Or like, how do you manage, you know, stress in that situation? You learn. I mean, some people are naturally calm mm -hmm. in an emergency, uh, and those people make good stage managers. Uh, yeah, and sometimes you just you just learn it, but. Um, you know, you talk to actors who who have been on stage when people go up, they lose their lines. Mm -hmm. 
well, are yeah. you an actor who panics or are you an actor who knows how to completely stay in the moment and either find a way to feed those lines or to address the information in those lines or to mm-hmm. keep the show, you know, somehow keep the show moving. You know, improv is really good for that, teaching you how to respond in the moment um, mm-hmm. in a truthful, honest way. Um, yeah. Putting your there, there are lots of situation. You know, improv games, um, all kinds of things to you know, uh, uh, um, escape rooms. Oh yeah, that's a new too. thing. That's that's a good. Yeah, you that's just true. have to think logically. You know, quickly but logically. What are the patterns here? Okay, let's do this. It's it's teaching yourself how not to panic. Mm-hmm. And that that's important in your role, of course. Yeah, I mean, I think it's important in life. I I, I yeah, was, definitely. you know, I'm a teaching artist too, and it's really hard to explain why people need teaching artists in like tech theater stuff mm-hmm. because yeah. they think, oh, we have a TD at the school, or we have a TD, so that why do we need someone to teach this? But mm-hmm. what I keep telling people is that stage management skills are life skills. It's teamwork. It's creative problem solving. It's observation. Mm-hmm. It's um, learning how to think outside the box. Yeah. I mean, there's a whole list of skill sets as stage managers that are life skills. So yeah, why not that's, teach that's, stage management to everybody? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, you know, I, I think that that's important. That's important, right? Because, you know, we all have, you know, life happens, right? And, you know, we got to, yeah. you know, invent and be inventive. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if your board goes down, do you think about rebooting? How do you, how do you resolve? Do you sit there yeah. and panic and go, oh my God, my board's down. Do you reboot? Yep. Do you, you know, send a text message to someone saying, my board is down, can you please, whatever. Those are just, mm-hmm. teaching yourself those synapses is, if, if it's not instinctive, it's, it's learnable. Yeah, it, and that's why technology <laughs> is so important, right? Because, you know, just a quick text to someone and, it, you know. Amazing how that works, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, you know, who invented technology? Your audience doesn't like? know that we had we had two technical glitches, and I had to text Ethan on one of them, and then I had to tell text Ethan to text his technicians for the other yeah. one. Yeah, <laughs> crazy, right? Crazy. Or kindly suggest. Yes, yes, kind, kindly suggest that you know. Yeah, because uh, yeah. that's the other thing. Times. Always having a sense of always having a sense of humor is a good thing. It, you, when you, you can laugh it out, yes, yeah. When well, you I mean, can. if it's like, if it's a bad, you know, if it's bad, you know, don't don't do that. But you know, if it's appropriate, yeah, yeah. Finding the humor in in everything is not a bad thing. For at sure, the right time, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> of course. At, at you know, you gotta have the right time. There's a right time for everything, isn't there? Is that mm-hmm. what that's saying, right? Yeah. Okay. It's a time and a place for everything, or to every season. Turn, turn, turn. Uh, you, you, you've said it right there, Pat. You've said it right there. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much for joining me today. It was a pleasure talking to you. No other questions? No crowd questions? Nobody's I listening. Think we, I don't think we have any. 
don't think we have any questions. But uh, but yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning in today, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Thank you, Ethan. It's lovely to see you, and wish best to all your audience. And hopefully, some of them look into tech theater slash stage management as a an option if they don't need to be front and center on the stage. <laughs> thank you so much. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening. If you liked the episode, make sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor, and on Instagram at P3 Theater Company and Tech Talk with Ethan. Have a great day.